already. Welcome to West Virginia and Commonplace. Um, on our show, I'm your host, JR. Um, we cover all kinds of topics. Society culture is our big thing. Um, but one thing that we don't cover enough of, and I'm glad that we're going to start doing some more of this, um, I stay in West Virginia. Every, every place in the United States has a, a different type of music genre that is uh, solidified with them. People solidify John Denver um, in the West Virginia song that he likes to promote. And we are a country state. Country is part of life in Appalachia, um, all over the U.S. and all over the world. And today I have with me a renowned country singer, Lady Redneck, um, and she's going to tell us a little bit about herself. I'm going to let her introduce herself, and then I'm going to ask her that famous question that I ask, who she is and who the second part of her persona are. So, Lady Redneck, please introduce yourself to the audience and tell them a little bit about yourself before I get started. <laughs> I would love to. Um, so yeah, my name is Lady Redneck and I'm a country music and Christian singer songwriter. I live in North Dallas. Um, I grew up in Idaho. I grew up playing music with my family, kind of had one of those just wonderful childhoods. And um, now I'm just enjoying doing what I love. Okay. Now let's talk about that because uh, in our pre-call that we had just a little bit before we got on here, I explained to you my thought of country music. I feel like it's, I don't think it's necessarily a Nashville, Tennessee type deal, but I always think it comes like the mid-Atlantic, like somewhere in the Appalachian Mountains, somewhere, somebody with a banjo, burning coal, doing <laughs> this and that. that. That's where I get bluegrass and then bluegrass entails into country. And a lot of people don't um, give country its appreciation because there's so many vast genres inside of country and you can hear a lot of it in your music um and i want to give a big shout out before we go any further to mts management uh over there they're doing great things uh promoting their artists so real quick lady redneck you have a real name and your real name is I stephanie do. lee stephanie <laughs> lee it is Correct. so could you tell us the difference between stephanie lee and lady redneck and then when you do this here's here's the little tricky part of this I want you to tell us something that's special about both, but when you put them both together, because Lady Redneck's a persona, but Stephanie Lee is the woman behind all of it. We all know that. So tell us, give us a little more insight into who you are and then who you become once you get on stage. Um, yeah, that's a great question. And it's actually really fun to answer. Um, so Stephanie Lee, look, um, the person that I really am, is actually pretty similar to the whole Lady Redneck vibe. Um, when I get on stage, I love to go crazy. I love the synergy, the energy of lots of fans and lots of excitement. Um, but quite honestly, like I'm a, I'm a girl that grew up on a farm, lived in a town that was population 23. I grew up riding horses and doing rodeo, playing music with my family, um, and just grew up in a really strong family environment because with my town being population 23, Half of it was my family, <laughs> my relatives, right? So I grew up in this really, um, I don't know if you would say, a, maybe a conservative, but very, very, um, everybody just kind of thought the same, believed the same, just almost had like a 1950s type of feel probably just because it was just simple and just, um, it was nice. So that's kind of my personality. And the, as far as what you're talking about with country music, I, 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 it kind of made me laugh in a little, in a way, because quite often I think that we think that 
um, certain styles or certain things are more just to that area. And the funny thing is, is I mean, everybody knows Nashville is country music and West Virginia because John Denver, right? Yeah. But um, who I actually, I actually learned the guitar. Like my first guitar book was John Denver. <laughs> so I love all of his songs. I'm a huge fan of John Denver. So during my live shows, I play a lot of his stuff. But, um, you know, growing up on a farm and just a really country way of life, like country music just fit. It just fit who we were. So I grew up, you know, when we moved to town to the big city of Idaho Falls, which isn't even a big city. <laughs> but when we moved there, um, I was in junior high and um, and it was just a lot different. It was. <laughs> um, yeah, anyway, so. Okay. Now um, we'll dive into a, a topic that I love to talk about secular and non-secular music. When you are making music uh, and, it, and no one markets their music, when you make music, you make it because you want to express yourself. How do you differentiate when you make secular to non-secular music? Um. You know, I I write music and I record music depending on where I am at my in my life and what I'm going through, and it just quite frankly is just part of my journey. So, um, you'll see a progression if you were to listen. I've got six albums out. If you were to listen, to, sit and listen to all of them, you can kind of see where I was at in my life and what I was feeling and what where my maybe even some of my influences of the time. So, as far as secular music, it just has to do with where my mind is where my heart is at the time okay and i like that answer now let's go back in the past a little bit so that we can get more personable with you and the audience can we can grow up with you in life real fast if we can in over a few minutes what was the first inspiration you got from music and i'm going to give you an example of just a little uh filler so that you can think about this real quick for me for instance um i grew up and i lived in a small town in virginia called lynchburg and uh, then I moved out to the country. And when I moved further down, there was a very famous uh, country artist named Ricky Van Shelton. Oh, and Ricky, sweet. Van Sh Ricky Van Shelton was our claim to fame. Everybody listened to him. It didn't matter what music you listened to before. So that gave, he was my first uh, really hard entry into country music it was him, uh, Jody Messina. And the more and more, you, you know, and I think, I think, you know, where I'm about to go with this, the more and more that local artists that would come up out of Virginia. And then when I moved to West Virginia, just hearing different artists, it, it, it seemed like everybody has a story that goes back to either Loretta Lynn or goes back to Conway Twitty. Someone back then, you know, that old Western country, that's what they derived their country from now. Yeah. You know, and it's so interesting that you're talking about some of those artists, because I feel like, country music is such a family when you're I mean it's almost like you're asking about ancestors or you know what I mean like we can all relate to these people like when you said Ricky Van Shelton or when you say Loretta Lynn or Dolly or whoever you're you're mentioning um they all have influences on us and with other genres of music we don't see that as much right and so country music has such a family feel and so as far as some of my you know there weren't any um, famous musicians, like country music musicians that I even knew in Idaho. You know what I mean? Like the artists didn't, don't originate there. The funny thing about that is there's a ton of talent in that area. 
there's a ton of music, there's a ton of talent, but it's just not, um, you know, it, it's just, it, oddly enough, it's not really where you go to, <laughs> to break into the scene. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, but I, Art. I guess I just felt like all of the Nashville artists, because at the time I didn't really know about the, in, like indie wasn't as big, right, without the internet, until the internet yeah. was introduced. So it's like, um, so I guess all of the, the singers that you'd hear on the radio, th those were family. Those were my influences too. Probably a lot of the same that you're saying. <laughs> so, <laughs> And another one that always comes up is Randy Travis. For some reason, everybody has a Randy Travis story. Randy oh, Travis. Yeah. I, yeah. So he's the one there. So uh, getting a little deeper, you decide that you want to make music. What, what day did this start? And what time did you decide that I'm going to be a country artist? I'm going to be a performing artist. When did that happen? So, um, growing up with my family, we started, like, I started the piano and the guitar when I was six and the violin when I was in, like, fourth grade. And all of us played several instruments. We grew up doing fair circuits, weddings, corporate events. We just performed everywhere, all over the Northwest. And so, since that was what we did growing up, music was always such a big part of my life. Um, but it was something that I just did because it's what we, our family did. <laughs> And so after I graduated from college, I, I actually played bass in an alternative rock band in college. Whoa. <laughs> and that was super fun. Um, but then I, I actually started a business and I just kept feeling like, I'm not doing the right thing. This is not where my heart is. This isn't who I am. And it just, it felt like the music was just calling to me. And I got to a point where I just knew that was what God wanted me to do. Like that was, I was missing out on my, one of my purposes for being here on this earth. Um, and I don't know, I don't know that that's necessarily just about the music, but maybe it's just about standing up for family and country and, you know, just love. And so I don't know that it was as much of a aha moment as just over time of trying to do this other business going, no, this is not what I'm supposed to do. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So Everyone has trials and tribulations when they are taking care of their art and perfecting what they want to do. An example with me is uh, with podcasting. I had a podcast like before 2018 and it failed. It bombed. It did. It panned. It did bad. I stayed away for the year 2019. I came back in 2020 with a business plan ready to go. So what were the first few um, trials and tribulations that you had to overcome when becoming an artist, because it's so much that you have to figure out how you're going to publish your music. Well, I mean, I know we got SoundCloud and stuff like that, but you know, really the grassroots aspect of getting your music out there. What were some of the hard parts there for you? Um, some of the hard parts is I, cause I just started putting my music out six years ago. And at the okay. time, I've got an eight-year-old daughter. At the time, she was two. And so um, just between balancing, you know, family and I think that originally I didn't know. I mean, I knew what I wanted with my music, but you never know how far you're really going to get, right? And so True. when I started putting my, my music out there, um, it was a learning process. And just I think one of my biggest things was just trying to be how to balance life with my business with you know family stuff that's going on so that that's been a little bit hard and then just also I'm an independent artist and so 
I do everything from the marketing to the, you know, I, I'm kind of a one man show and except for with the MTS, they've been fabulous. Another shout out there. Um, but I write all my own songs and then I do crowdfunding and then my fans help me pay for them. And then I, you know, put them out there and, you know, work the shows and everything else. And so I think one of the biggest trials I've had is just trying to dictate where to spend my time because in the music industry, there's so many directions you can go and there's, you know, maybe it's make a music video. Maybe it's work on social media. You only have so many hours for a day. <laughs> so for <laughs> me, the hardest thing has been, and, and it's kind of been a little bit of a learning curve for me as well, just in the, the fact, you know, knowing what's going to yield the highest results and knowing where I should spend my time and what's better, a better way to connect with my fans, a better way to get my music out there, a better way to be heard. So that, that is probably my biggest struggle <laughs> <laughs> and I can wholeheartedly understand that because it's like uh you have to even decide what type of social media you're going to get on for that day um because like even in my practices uh where I have a lot of things automated I don't I spend 15 minutes on social media a day that's it everything else is automated the post whatever you know because the pressure of that and then you have life so um, here goes the question that comes to everybody. We've dealt with COVID-19. So some people had a lot of rest in time. Some people were out working harder during COVID than they are now. What has been your pivotal or your pivot basically since uh, COVID-19 has been over? Because the thing is, we had a lot of time to be creative when we were inside. And now yeah. we're, we're getting back to normal. So, so, so that's an interesting question. And it's it's been a little bit... Um, different for me than I think a lot of musicians because having the, the like Brinley being so young, I was waiting to, to tour and start doing shows until she got to a certain age. And so the year that COVID hit was when I was hoping to really get out there, right? <laughs> and all of a sudden everybody's staying at home, but because I had been at home working my business and I had a fan club lined up and I had crowdfunding where I work on and I sell a lot of merch through my email list and I I have it set up as a business and so when COVID hit it didn't hurt me as much as other musicians and um which was a huge blessing and I did work really hard during that time and then also I um I wrote some courses to try to help other musicians because I'm like oh I figured this out I've already figured out what to do if you're at home you know and so it, it didn't affect me as much as um, I think a lot of my friends that play music. Okay. And I, I like to hear that because a lot of people have so many different stories. And now that we're to reality, because I, I want to say this, the greatest thing that happened during COVID for music was the, the rise of Zoom and someone actually having a concert inside their house or somewhere. Um, yeah. that, was, that was probably one of the greatest <laughs> aspects of that. And we're, we're going to lose that now because it'll never come back unless COVID-22 comes out, but yeah. um, basically it's just, it's, we're coming back outside. This is the first real summer we're going to have where it's not too much chaos. I mean, I know there's things going on in the world, but it's not like the summer of 2012, but it's like, we're going to, it's yeah. a new beginning this summer. So um, my next thing is, is that we do this thing on the show. It's a uh, very vintage. It's called the shameless plug. We do a shameless <laughs> plug in the middle of the show because sometimes the audience comes in. Some audience members know that at the five minute mark, it's time to learn what the episode is mainly about, about the person behind everything we're talking about. So would you tell everyone where they can meet and greet you on social media, how they can become part of the Lady Redneck Persuasion? 
Yeah, definitely. So um, I have a website, ladyrednet.org. But as far as with social media, where I'm quite active, um, I, if you just type in Lady Redneck, I am on Facebook, I'm on Instagram, I'm on TikTok, I'm on, <laughs> I'm on LinkedIn, Twitter. Um, I haven't done as much with YouTube, but I'm quite active on social media to the extent just because I do want to connect with fans because they are my label. So I have, to, you know, it's, it's, it's good for, um, it's just, it works out well for me. Okay. Okay. Now, um, in life, we all have a mission statement. We have something that we're proud of. Um, for my Christianity, my mission statement to everyone is, is Romans 3, verse 23, for all of sin to come short of the glory of God. I push that along to everybody because I say we can strive to be the best, but some part, some portion of life, we're going to sin and we're going to fall short of the glory of God, but we can redeem ourselves and that's how I live my life. And then another one I follow is Attitude by Charles Swindle. That's a, a big deal. I'll talk about that later. But what is your mission statement? And what is uh, the purpose of your mission statement? Um, that is really funny that you'd ask. I have never been asked that question. Um, I actually came up with one in college. And my mission statement um, actually says 100% faith. Or excuse me. Yeah. 100% faith, no fear, no excuses, no exceptions. But I do have scriptures that I live by. And I know Philippians 4.13 is kind of generic and that a lot of people share that one and feel strongly towards that one. But for me, it's been a big thing because truly, I believe that I'm doing my music because I really believe that that's what God wants me to do. And I, it says in that verse, I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. And I truly believe I can do all things through him that with his help, if this is really where he wants me to be, that I can be the person he needs me to be. And if I listen to what he's trying to put in my mind or in my heart and just say and act as his voice, that I could actually do good things for him and glorify his name. So that's probably what I would <laughs> say for that, for that question. Okay. And, and I definitely like that. Now, um, we're on the topic of Christianity and our Lord and Savior. Um, and we all have testimonies and different things that we can give to the world to help people and things like that. Um, real fast, if you wouldn't mind, because we all have testimonies. Could you give a quick testimony of what God's done in your life and how he's uh, giving you what you have today and he's ensured that you'll keep that going? Yeah, definitely. So I... Um, I am nothing without him. He has given me strength. He supports me. He's carried me when I couldn't walk. He hears my cries. When I cry out to him, he's always been there. And there's been times in my life where a couple of times, especially where I felt like he wasn't there for months on end. And then later, a year or two later, I was able to look back and see that not only was he there, everything had to fill in place exactly the way that it did. And he at the time must have been carrying me because everything worked out perfectly and had it been different um I wouldn't have it wouldn't have been right it wouldn't have been what I needed at the time and so he is my strength my song my all and um I actually love to share and talk about him and his all his goodness I feel like if if the world lived by the Christian principles we wouldn't be in this situation because we'd all love each other and there'd be charity and there'd be kindness and goodness and 
we wouldn't be getting so offended and we would just love each other. And, and so I absolutely love his message and love his life and what he taught. Okay. Now, um, part of the show, because we like to keep journalistic integrity, I pay homage to a news magazine called 2020. It had John Stossel on there. It had Diane Sawyer, but it had the greatest interviewer on earth, Barbara Walters. She could ask certain questions and they would either, as a child, I was watching this, it'd be like 1047 at night, uh, almost to 11 o'clock, right before the 11 o'clock news would come on. She could either leave you with two senses you could feel really informed or you could question your thoughts. So now Stephanie and Lady Redneck at the same time, it's time to do our 2020 questions. Are you ready? <laughs> I think so. Let's do it. Okay. Okay. So we start off first and when we do this, I start off with the softer questions. That's kind of like how Diane Sawyer did her interviews in the middle of the show. Um, okay. Then we'll just go straight to Barbara Walters. John Stossel's funny. We don't need to do him. We've had enough laughs already. So here it goes. Stephanie Lee is the creative force behind Lady Redneck. But what does Stephanie Lee do in her spare time to keep her mental sense and to keep her self-worth? I am very religious and so I and I love to work out. I love to run. And so sometimes before I run, I will just walk and I'll just glorify God and thank him for the trees and thank him for the grass and I'll look at the beauty of the earth and I feel the spirit I feel his love just looking at the beautiful sunrise or the sunset and so putting my mind in that state um, of gratitude and just love it helps keep me mentally um, happy I mean it helps you know kind of wipe away the stress of the world and everything else and then um, after I get done with that, I like to go for a good run and running as well as an, as a great way for me to, <laughs> to keep things balanced in my life and to keep me happy. Um, I love spending time with my family and going on date nights with my husband's and, um, yeah, so a lot of working out, I love being on water and like wakeboarding and stuff like that. So. Okay. Now, Lady Redneck, that is your performer name. That's a persona you take on. You can hear it in the music. Uh, in certain songs when you're talking, you can hear Stephanie, but then you hear Lady Redneck come in after that. There's a, a, a song in particular. Um, so definitely I want everybody to go over to iTunes and it's whatever uh, listening services that you do and uh, grab her music up there. And also one other thing that I like to, to say here, if you don't go to the streaming sites, Go, and I'll get her to, in, to introduce a way to get her music in another format. Go straight to the artists and try to get the music because the streaming services are fine and I'm not going to cut my neck because Spotify and other people do cut me a small check on the show. But it's hard being an independent artist. So please, everyone, if you get a chance, if you can directly involve yourself with her via her website or whatever avenue she talks about after we're done with the 2020 questions, um, She'll let you know about that stuff. So Lady Thanks, Redneck. Yeah. Oh yeah, always. Um, <laughs> so, so Lady Redneck is uh, performing. Um, you're in a random city. It doesn't matter. We're just going to say Wyoming because Wyoming is a place nobody goes, but I want to go so bad. <laughs> I like that. A place nobody goes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, so you're in Wyoming and you're performing your song. And after you're done, let's say you were performing after the rain, you'll find the sun. Okay. Or is that you're done performing that and uh, a lady walks up to you and just needs a moment of your time. 
you know, you're going off stage, you're a little sweaty, you know, makeup running, whatever. And she tells you that listening to your music has molded her. She lets you know by the impact of her words that you're more than just an artist to her. You're a role model. How do you carry yourself after that moment? Um, I would carry myself full of gratitude and just, um, I think that it's really important that we, as artists, whether independent or whether signed or wherever we're at in our journey, we're always being a role model for one way or another, maybe a good way, maybe a bad way. And so um, when somebody, if, if a lady was to tell me that, or when and people have told me that in the past, it makes me feel a lot of gratitude. I just feel like um, gratitude to God and just glory to God, because literally if I get any gratitude, it's for him. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. So you've got content out there, six years worth of music. Um, inside your body, a catalog, everybody has an A side and a B side to their music. Typically in our fashion, because I'm 36 years old, so I'm from not eight track, but I'm from the tape deck, the tape deck to CD to whatever we're listening to now. And we're going back to vinyl anyway. The kids are listening to records anyway. So um, on your B side, because we're older, we always know the B side were the better songs. A side is what gets out there in the open and it's the commercial. I need to know five B side songs that you have that you want the world to know about. I'm not, let me, let me see if I understand. So the B side is, is the which side? Remember, A side, is, a, a side is usually like the commercial stuff, the stuff that you release as a single. Oh, and, yeah. And, and, and you remember okay. like we, we used yeah, to listen to music, the B side, yeah, the B side was stuff that okay. we like. But it didn't, yes. it wasn't our mainstream. <laughs> so the B-side, um, there's been several songs, but are you talking about the ones that I've written or just some that I would perform? The ones that you've written. What, what are your, what's your B-side? Uh, <laughs> so, and I've written like files and files worth of songs. And so that's a really, that's a really great question. But there's been a few that I've really wanted to record. Um, but it hasn't fit the Lady Redneck persona or vibe. And, you know, you try to stay with your branding. So if a lot of my music's fun and and has a certain sound, you know, I haven't released it maybe because it doesn't fit that mold. And so that's what I'm sure you're talking about with the B-side. But there was a song that I that I wrote and it was actually it was it was a cheating song and it was kind of a sad song, but it was also a happy song saying, hey, if we if. um you can just commit to me. We can work this out and things are going to be fine. And so it's, it's a sweet song. And every time I play it, which I don't play it very often, but I have people just tell me they absolutely love that song. And I thought I would really like to record it, but it's just, you know, it doesn't really fit as much with the vibe. And I did release one that was um, different than that, but it was kind of a like sadder song. And quite frankly, my fans are used to a certain thing and they kind of were like, what? <laughs> <laughs> so so that was definitely one um another song that I've written um gosh I'd have to get out the book there's one that talked about Texas being home there was another one Texas isn't big enough um 
there's one about growing up and how just how much I love the mountains and the horses. And I'm trying to think of probably my top five B songs. There's one that has a real bluesy feel and it's called I Lost. And it's, it's a lot different than a lot of the music I've recorded. Okay. All right. So let me ask you this about the music that you have written that you performed and you've probably recorded in the sense of like a demo type, right? Is it, is there, is there ever going to be a point where like, you know, like with, uh, with podcasting, for instance, we have a second side or behind the scenes stuff. We usually throw it on a site like Patreon or something. Will there yeah. ever be a limited release where someone can get to you and get these songs that we talked about today, you know, just for their personal collection? Is there a way that this will ever happen? There is a way. And I, I'm kind of looking into it right now, but there is definitely. And I, um, you know, I was doing that a little bit with my Facebook subscriptions and with my Patreon. Um, but I haven't spent as much time lately on that as I, as I was in the past, just because I'm looking into a different way to do that. Okay. Exactly what we're talking about. <laughs> and that's, and that's to be continued. Audience, yeah, to be continued. Um, so audience, what I definitely want you to do, uh, and we're going to talk about this music aspect, because this is something that I had to learn even as a podcaster, because when we do a recording, uh, and this is something I like to just put out there and this will relate to music real fast. When I do certain shows with people, like say like this episode here, there's a choice that's made between management and whatever, how this episode comes out, if it comes out as a free episode or if it goes out as an exclusive episode. And I never realized that the exclusive stuff is where the intimacy is. Like with the music that you haven't released, that's the true intimacy. No matter how big our catalog of episodes or, or, or songs you, you produce, mm -hmm. there's always going to be those songs that are near and dear to you, like at certain podcasts that are near and dear to me, that you know, you can't just release them. You can't put them out. So I wholeheartedly, and, and I like, it just, it kind of touches me that you have music that you want to put out, but you know, just like I know that it's branding and it's so much uh, marketing and advertising that you have to do, like that I have to do personally, that sometimes you can't get that stuff out there. So in the future, we'll definitely uh, hope that you get that out. Now, let's get on to the part, part of actually people getting music from you. Um, here's my story. And I'll say this very clearly. I wrote a book one time, put it on Amazon, made a few pennies off of it. I released my podcast for the longest time. It streams on these services. They count numbers. They give me pennies on dollars. And as I've talked to at least in the tenure of the show, maybe 40 musical artists and just content creators. And the hardest thing for people to realize is, is that when they're streaming music on Apple, it's fine to see the accolades that I that you get from it. But mm -hmm. at the end of the day, it doesn't help with you keeping up with the creative processes. So could you speak a little bit on how they can get in touch with you to directly get music from you? Yeah, definitely. So if you go to my website, ladyredneck.org, you can listen to all my music there for free. You can also buy any of my CDs. And I actually sell quite a bit of CDs. And so um, definitely you can hear it there. And I'm glad that you mentioned some of that. Part of the courses that I wrote during COVID had to do with just helping musicians make it a business. And, and I think one of the biggest things um, that helps any independent artist is an email list. And so when they ask you to sign up on your email list, please do. Because then the artist knows that you're serious about them and that you truly appreciate them. And 
quite frankly, my email list, um, those are some of my best fans. <laughs> I know that they're sincere. They want to hear everything that they can um, about what's going on in my life and my music and everything else. And so definitely, definitely sign up for those email lists if you guys get a chance. Yeah, and I, I agree with that too, because that's how I know directly who my audience is. I have a, that email is a place for them to meet me because, you know, no offense to social media, we can do lives and do all these different clubhouse and all these different groups and talk to people, but truly through that email, sometimes there's individualized stuff, but that is the closest way that they're going to get to you beyond seeing your TikTok videos and stuff like that and other levels of access. So that dives into my next question. Um, for me, I had to learn that certain access I had to not give away for free. Because when we start out, we promote everywhere. We're doing this and that. Uh, I travel all across the United States with my job. So when I'm in different places, especially uh, like when I go to Texas, I make sure I make it a point once a year to go to Brownsville, Texas, because it's all the way near Mexico. Oh, yeah. So I'll make it a point to go out there or just, you know, I'll visit places that are obscure in Texas and different places just for the simple fact that when I'm out there, that's a different type of audience. These people are going to, you know, catch up with me. They're going to know what's going on. I'm going to give them a shout out three times a year. They'll send me once a year. So that's how that goes. So access, how do you put a, a stopping point on access? When do you say that it's enough is enough with access to you? And <laughs> I do that when, um, I actually am really, I'm one of those type A personalities where I like things really organized. I plan out my days, I plan out my weeks, I plan out my months. And so I try to plan out um, events. Like for example, with my last release, I had it where um, anybody that wanted to could send in a design for my merch for that song. So for Pray for Peace, anybody could design it. They were gonna get $100. Their design would be all over my t-shirts, et cetera. And so it was a great way to connect because I feel like, um being an independent artist is super important to connect but you also do need to be able to disconnect and you need your space and so that was a really great question that you had and i think that one of the best ways um to do that is just allowing yourself um pr private time so each day you know i get up and I, I i do my workout i read my scriptures i have time with my husband i homeschool my daughter and then i've got a certain amount of time allotted each day where my, you know, I can connect with my fans, I can do my social media, I work on my music. And so I just have it arranged to where I, I had, I set it up that way. So I always know. <laughs> so and I'm, I'm very good about disconnecting from one activity and being all in I just <laughs> um, I do that. And so it makes it nice. So I, I feel like if you don't have it planned out, you'll find yourself just constantly on constantly trying to connect constantly trying to give your fans everything and you can't you just You've got to fill up your cup yourself, right? Or else there's not going to be anything left. So that that is so true. And and it's like because as much as we engage, we look for the engagement back, and it sometimes it gets intoxicating. It's kind of like a drug. You, it and, is. <laughs> and, and, and 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 I noticed personally, like the social media attention. I necessarily don't worry about attention in real life, but sometimes that social media attention that I get, somebody like, hey, this episode touched me. Blah blah blah. They go into That's a awesome. tangent. You know, I'm going to listen and keep yeah. going on. Um, now, um, there comes a part in the show, after I've talked to you for a little bit, um, 
I give you a testimony about yourself because I've sat here, I've listened to you. Um, we've made eye contact. You know, you go through all the cues in life in 30 minutes or so to uh, figure out who that person is. So let's start with Stephanie Lee. Stephanie Lee seems like she's a very caring person, um, devout in your ways with uh, Christianity, devout in life. It just seems you have the devoutness that nobody can take away from you. Thank um, you so much. Commitment to music, commitment to the art of music. That is something that's hard to find because I found out other things about you. You told me personal about your other business that you do. It's very hard to keep that going because in this day and age, everybody believes that they can just get auto-tune or just do something randomly and not be trained in music, not be trained in dance or not be trained in this and that and just think that they're going to have some kind of stardom just because Tim Buck 2 does it and they go viral and they sell a million records, but then you never hear from them again. So that's a lasting impression you're putting with people with what you're doing with your teachings. Um, it's hard to do that because sometimes you get a little fed up sometimes because you see things going on and things don't always skyrocket because the, this generation is the, the word viral means that everything's going to skyrocket. So from the generation that we're from, we know that everything's a steady pace. It builds up and it gets there. And I believe just in talking to you that you probably instill that into your students, into anyone that listens to your music. Because like I said, I've listened to some songs. Even today in the rain, I was listening, listening. I was like, okay. And, um, <laughs> and you, you know, Thank you. Um, the, the great thing too with being a Christian and um, being able to have a testimony and to let people know the good, the bad, and the ugly behind being an independent artist. That is something that is so hard to do because you could fabricate. You could just to say that, oh, I started here one day and then the next thing it was to the stratosphere, but you're not doing that. You're trying to help people. You're, <laughs> you're letting, you're letting them know about a course and um, I'll get you to do a plug for your course at the end of this, but I want you to know that the world's going to give you a big hug one day. It's not, it's a proverbial Thank hug, you. but it's going to be a hug that, Thank that, you. that it could be monetary. It could be emotional. It could be spiritual. It could be all of those. So with everything you do in life, being a role model um, and having, a, you know, children and different things like that, you have to be a constant role model to everyone. And that's a lot of pressure. You know yourself, you know your self-worth, and you know from a mental standpoint, because we're all worried about mental health now more than we used to, you know how to check in and check out without completely checking out and not coming back. That is very hard to do as a human being to have that much yeah. self-control. So take that, hug yourself, look in the mirror and know that you are on one of the greatest journeys in life. It's a journey that you, your family, the Lord and your fan base and then your continued fan base because you're going to get more fans and you're going to get more stands as we call them that are going to just invest in you. So embrace all that stuff because the thing is, is that that kind of ride and that kind of energy that you have and vibe that you have it's because there was a point one day that you were sad. There was a point one day that you got mad, but there was a point one day that you didn't give up. And where you didn't give up, that's where those tears that came down because of the bad things, the tears that came down when you're a little melancholy or sad, uh, the tears even when you had joy, because we have tears for no reason sometimes. Uh, all that's paying off now. You can sit back, You can if you got a rocking chair or a recliner, you can rock back in that and just think that, hey, I was here, then I was there, but now I'm here. And I have a linear expression right now. So I'm going straight across right now. It's going to have some bumps in it soon, but I've mastered a portion of my journey. 
how many people can truly say that? And that's my testimony for you. Thank you. Thank you so much. That almost made me cry. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I really appreciate that. Thanks, You're JR. Welcome. Now, as part of our second shameless plug, I need you to do do this and and this is like a this is an encouragement because there's a second facet of what you're doing that you're not doing yet and I see you doing this you have courses and you're helping people but and you're helping people learn how to uh, concentrate efforts in music but the next part of what you're going to do is more of an inspiration uh, a little bit deeper than that not a life coach or nothing like that because that's not what I'm saying but on the grounds of all the media you cover. I need you to take a second and think about a young Stephanie Lee at age 12 that was discouraged. Nobody told you you couldn't do it, but you felt like you couldn't do it. What would you tell her today? I would just tell her to keep on, just give it everything that I've got and it's all going to work out just to trust the Lord and it's all going to be fine and things are going to be fabulous things are going to be more than i would have ever even imagined <laughs> okay now lady redneck please tell everybody where they can meet greet you and can find you on the web one more time yeah i would love to so ladyredneck.org is my website um, and i'm also on every social media channel so if you just look up lady redneck you'll find me on there and i would love to connect okay now, we'll get to the end of the show, and here is the last part of this show. Um, everybody has a hidden talent or a secret that no one knows about. And when you come on West Virginia and Commonplace, you get put on the hot seat. So we need to know about a secret <laughs> or a hidden talent you got. And I'll go give, give you a little time to think about it by going over this spiel. There's a lady in Georgia that goes to um, Goodwills. She finds... Uh, whatever that uh, cloth type artwork is, she puts rhinestones on it, resells oh, it at, cool. high, at high dollar. There's a lady um, that if you open a can of soda, the carbonation from it, she'll go freaking crazy and, and it'll ruin her day. She'll have to stop her day. She'll go home and go to bed. Really? She was a guest on the show. <laughs> um, there was a guy on the show that can solve a, an Arabic's cube in a really quick time. And he's made money off this, like just. That's awesome. I wish I could. <laughs> And then I, then me, I live in West Virginia and I go to the beach and all these other places, but my secret is I can't swim. My lovely fiance, Stacy can swim. So I put on life best. I do all this mountain dew stuff. I look like I'm hanging off the cliffs on Instagram and different yeah. things in my personal file. And I look like I'm about to fall in the water, but she's down there in the water or somewhere making sure I don't die. I know if I fall in the water, she'll save me. So oh, that's my sweet. deep, that's, that's my secret. I can't <laughs> swim. I tried. I'm just like a cat and I just fall down into the water. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, that's, you shared such a good one. I was thinking of something I could do that probably nobody knows, but it's not, it's not fun like yours. <laughs> um, <laughs> I growing up, I did a lot of gymnastics and I've coached a lot and I still like love to walk on my hands across a room. Um, and and I still love to do gymnastics. So that might be my superpower is just that when I can, I like to, <laughs> I like to do some of that. Okay. All right. That works out good there. Walking on your hands. Now, um, the question we always have is our future. What's going to go on in the future? So 
the lasting impression that we want to leave with the audience is this. The future is going to hold a lot of stuff for you. You have big announcements that'll be coming out. Uh, people definitely please pay attention to her social media. We're getting around to touring season. We're getting around to fair season. Uh, so you're going to be a lot of places, but music wise, what is going to be your next single? If you're allowed to talk about that. Yeah, I, I actually am. It hasn't, um, I, <laughs> it comes out June 3rd. It's called Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing. It's actually a hymn, but I did not write this one. This is from the 1800s, but it's one of my favorite um, hymns that and just gives gratitude. It's just sweet. And most of my guitar or most of my music, excuse me, has a lot of guitar, whether it's the beautiful Gretsch that sounds fairy tale like or some of the hard rock sounds in, in the, even my Christian music. But this song is literally just me on my piano. And it's all, Ooh. it's without a metronome and it's just all heart. <laughs> so <laughs> there's nothing, no drum beat or anything along, along the line with it. But, so that's going to be my next song and it's coming out June 3rd. I'm really excited about that. And everybody all hear that. And I want to thank you, Stephanie, Lady Redneck, for coming on West Virginia and Commonplace and um, letting us become part of your entourage for a little bit and then doing something more, letting us become fans. Uh, it's hard in this day and age to, you know, allow everyone into your music, but you provide a great catalog of music. And like I said, once again, I do suggest that you go over to her website, contact her, um, find out how to get the music from her. And um, if you are in a situation where none of those uh, can be an option, definitely give her a stream, um, get her on your playlist. And then when things get better in life for you, reach out to her and, and, and help <laughs> her keep going on with her artistry. And um, my last thing, independent artists are what make the world go around. It's people like you that could write a song and you could pass it along to someone because you feel like that you can't sing it. And you could take a group like Lady Annabelle, they don't write their music and, and make them big. Uh, so every independent artist, always remember this. There's always creative processes. There's always creative ways to stay creative, even if you don't sing your own song. And just because you don't sing your own song and you pass it along with one, or you just do anything with your music in general, um, you put it in commercials or do put it, make jingles. You're still making a sound that people want to hear. And in your case, Lady Redneck, I want to tell you this. You have an interesting sound. It, uh, it, it makes your senses move because if you get to listen through, like, like I said, I, I did the little Apple thing and went through some of your music that way. Um, you carry waves and I like that. It wasn't, Thank you. It, it wasn't <laughs> just like I, I was just right here on a straight line. Like it, it, you had different avenues and it made your music very interesting to me. So keep, please keep doing that. I said, keep, please, please keep doing that. And um, just overall, what you strive for, what your mission statement is, everyone will find that out in this uh, episode. Inside the show notes, um, when the show is released, you will find out everything you need to know about Lady Redneck to get in touch with her, um, different things about any releases and just um, more stuff to get in touch with her. And for, once again, one last shameless plug for your website. I'd love to. It's ladyredneck.org. All right. I'm JR and this is Lady Redneck and we are signing off.